Good morning. Uh, my name is Jim, as uh, you heard. Good to see you. Good to be with you. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, um, I uh, have been a part of this family on mission for uh, quite some time. I pastored here uh, for almost a decade, and it's just good to be uh, home with you this morning. As uh, you all know, being a party of uh, uh, being a part of a family on mission uh, often includes surprises. We've already had a few of those this morning, and uh, one of uh, the surprises, uh, John, is that. Um, we are going to be digging into daily bread this morning instead of spiritual warfare in that part of the Lord's Prayer. Uh, I was talking to Joel earlier this week, and he said, you know, Jim, just take whatever part of the Lord's Prayer uh, that you feel compelled to take and communicate your story about how God is, is leading you in this next season of ministry. So um, for all those of you who didn't get that memo, now you have it. Surprise. Um, so I'm, I'm going to be talking about daily bread this morning. And when we talk about daily bread, many of you know we're, we're talking about provision. So I'm going to talk about three kinds of provision. I'm going to talk about holistic provision. I'm going to talk about daily provision. And I'm going to talk about mutual provision. I'm also going to try to weave the story of how the Eaton family has, uh, through prayer, moved from Aliquippa, Pennsylvania, into mission in Alicante, Spain. And last of all, I'm going to make an appeal to you as uh, part of our family on mission to, to partner with us. Uh, we've been partnered with you here in the neighborhoods uh, for, for years. Now we're asking you to partner with us in the nations in Spain. So as we look into the Lord's Prayer, you, you know where the Lord's Prayer is. Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. You can also find it in Luke chapter um, 11, verses 2 through 4. And I just want to begin with a, a little bit of an intro. You, you've probably heard these kinds of things before. But when Jesus' disciples asked him to teach them to pray, he responded by giving them a prayer. He, he didn't just talk about it. He actually gave them a prayer. And it's not just any prayer, but it is a prayer that contains all kinds of prayer. Uh, listening prayer and talking prayer, giving prayer and receiving prayer, intercessory prayer and, and warfare prayer. And, and it's not, it wasn't just a prayer to be recited repetitiously. Really, the, the prayer itself, if you consider it and think about it, was more of a foundational prayer, more of a, um, a kind of a pattern of prayer. People have often referred to it as a, a pattern of prayer. But I like to see it as a house of prayer or, or a home out of which we can live and, and move in ministry and our lives. And, and I think that's what Jesus was giving his disciples. Uh, I think Jesus saw it as a house as well. Uh, I'm pretty confident of that. Because um, in Mark 11 through seven, Mark 11:17, Jesus actually repeats the, the words of Isaiah the prophet, 
when he says, Is it not written that my house will be called a house of prayer for the nations? So, so Jesus saw it that way. And as he was building prayer into the lives of his disciples, he gave them this imagery. And, and they would have had this imagery as they became people of prayer. And you and I, by extension, have this imagery as his disciples, and, and we can live in this prayer as well. Now, if the Lord's Prayer is like a house, today we're in the room where we ask for daily bread, where we ask for provision. And you, you know the part of the prayer. Let's just say the prayer together. Uh, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Okay, but that's it. You got it. We're in that part. We're in that room, that part of the Lord's Prayer. And, and it has often been referred to as uh, that room in the house that we call the room of sonship or, or daughtership. Because it's, it's where Jesus encourages us to come as children of the Father to, to ask for what we need, to ask for provision. And, you know, it's interesting at this season of life how God is illustrating this for me. I'm currently living temporarily in a generational house that was originally built in 1858 on property that has been in my family since right around the time of the American Revolution. Um, I, I've heard the older generations in my family often say that uh, our, our history on Eaton Road, uh, just out by the airport, uh, is a history of, of being land rich but money poor. And, and what, what they meant by that was that the, the land itself and the homes built on the land actually provided, you know, basic necessities for us for several generations. You know, we didn't always have a lot of pocket money, but we had the, the essential stuff of life. Shelter, uh, land on which we could grow food and exist. And so um, Luann and I and Maddie are, are getting ready to move to Spain, but you know, as we're looking forward, not only to our time there, but, you know, even further down the road, uh, Lord willing, Luann and I will, will come back uh, to this area and, and retire in that family home. And, you know, I, some of what I know about the place and the property and the history is that it, it was built for my great great-grandfather in, in 1858, and several generations have lived there, but my, my grandfather was often known to walk the property uh, at various times, and, and some of what he was known for by the rest of the family was praying for the generations. 
he, he had vision for that. And so he would pray down the generations. And one of the things that he experienced in his life was something called the Great Depression. Uh, most of you probably know uh, what I'm referring to. And anybody that knows anything about the Great Depression or has been through something like the Great Depression knows that when you pray about provision, likely you're, you're thinking about things that you didn't have. And if you're praying for the generations, you're probably praying for them specifically in that regard. And so Luann and I right now feel like in a sense, we're, we're literally living in the, the physical answers to some of his prayers. And so it's, it's really cool to have that that imagery as we consider this prayer for daily bread and as we, we look at um, uh, just some of our, our journey in this prayer. To pray for daily bread uh, most simply means to ask God to provide uh, for our regular provision or our basic necessities. When, when Jesus taught his disciples... Uh, what he was doing when he's referring to daily bread here is he's reminding them of generational provision that has been made in the, in the past. It's, a, it's a, a picture to remind them of manna in the, in the wilderness uh, that their forefathers had, had experienced. And you, you can find that all through Exodus and Deuteronomy and various places in Scripture. So, so when we pray for daily bread... We're reminding ourselves that everything we need to live daily is really a gift from God. And it it includes not only our our physical needs, but our, our spiritual needs, our relational needs, our emotional needs. Uh, this encouragement to pray for daily bread is holistic, and and it's because God isn't only concerned with um, putting money in our pockets or, or giving us uh, stuff, he's considered about our entire lives. Uh, it, it shows the totality of his care for us. And so, you know, I, I often think about scriptures like, in him we live and move and have our being when, when we consider a prayer like this. Because really everything that you and I need. The totality of what we need is really touched upon here in, in this prayer. And we're, we're also reminded when we consider a, a prayer like this of uh, other things that Scripture says, one of which is every good and perfect gift comes from our Heavenly Father. So let me tell you this morning about one such gift. Uh, at the beginning of 2020... Uh, Right as COVID was kind of starting out, I received a phone call from a colleague in Spain. And he asked if Luann and I would consider uh, moving there to join his his church planning network. When I hung up the phone, I heard in my spirit the words, you've waited long enough. Now, to be honest with you, I was kind of confused by that. I, I, it kind of came out of nowhere, and I wasn't really uh, that in tune with why I might be hearing that. 
But then I, I remembered about 20 years ago, I heard kind of the, the opposite. Uh, I was a student in the School of World Mission at Tacoa Falls College. I had just finished four years of undergraduate education in, in uh, theology and missions. And um, I was preparing to, to go overseas. Uh, I, I had an eye toward a couple of uh, places in the world, and, and I was ready to go. And in a, in a prayer meeting, uh, in a, actually a, a conference on prayer where I was just beginning to learn to, to hear God in prayer and be attentive to, you know, to his still small voice, I heard the word wait. Now, that didn't make a lot of sense to me at the end of four years of training. Uh, now, at, at that time in life, in my 20s, with my uh, whole life ahead of me, it didn't make a lot of sense to me to, to wait. I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I mean, this is like, this is when people go. Why wait? So it, it was really a challenging word and, and one that I didn't totally understand. And uh, many of you know, when you hear something, perhaps prophetically, uh, as you're attempting to follow the Lord, if you don't always understand it, Take it to the scriptures. Everything runs through the grid of, of the scriptures. We submit all of that to the scriptures. And so I, I took that to the scriptures. And what I was faced with was that there is weight in scripture. Uh, we see that consistently throughout. But man, there's a lot of go. And, and for me at that time, I, I was really in tension wrestling with living between wait and go. So what am I supposed to do? Well, after looking at really kind of the, the whole or, or much of what the scripture had to say about those things, I concluded that the best thing to do was to not do nothing. Uh, there's no scriptural precedent for doing nothing. So whatever God was saying to me, he wasn't saying, you know, sit at home and, you know, uh, watch TV. There, there's, you know, there's so much uh, in, in scripture to tell us to get after it. So I got after it right where I was with the education that I had, and I began to serve, knowing that there was this weight and how I was understanding it was in regard to international uh, overseas ministry. So <clears throat> fast forward, and you know I'm, I'm 20 years in, and I'm just doing uh, what's in front of me, and many of you know that when you're in ministry doing what's in front of you, you, you're just putting one foot in front of the other. And to be honest with you, I had forgotten even the word wait until I had heard you've waited long enough. And all of it came back. And my response was, is that you, Lord? Because... Lord, I don't know if you 
No, but I've just turned 50. And, um, you know, this, this kind of seems like the wrong timing. You know, it seems a little backwards. M- most folks, Lord, they go out in their 20s and they come back in their 50s for the next chapter to, to shift into the next season of ministry. This, this doesn't seem like it makes a lot of sense. And um, I remember just thinking, look, I, I don't have as much in my tank as I, I used to. Um, you know, I, I wake up a little more tired. Uh, Lord, is this you? So I remember really uh, over the last couple of years, you know, as, as I'm processing this, my question to the Lord when it regarded like next steps in, in ministry when I would question him, what, what I seemed to get from him was, son, make a decision. Which is fantastic. How many of you like freedom? Um, I'm, I'm a freedom-loving guy, and I preferred in most cases. Uh, I, I don't always like people telling me what to do. But on this one, I was like, Lord, I need more than freedom. I need I need direction. Like, I'm, I'm 50, I have an 82-year-old mother. Um, this is just a, you know, to, to make a decision, to make a jump like this, I, I got to know, I got to know. Like, I need more than make a decision, son. And so, I started to pray, Lord, give me this day my daily Macedonian call. I need something substantial here. And, uh, you, you know, my, my processing was to, to make a jump like this, you know, a dream in the night or, or a, an audible voice would, would be nice. Um, it, it, it's just something that I, I'm needing. And, and so if you could give me that, Lord, I, I would appreciate it. Well, God did answer my prayer for this kind of, I mean, I mean like my emotional life needed it, right? Um, you know, going at this stage of life with so many other things to consider, I was like, Lord, I, like just for my, my mental and emotional well-being, I, I, need, I need this from you. And, and he did answer my prayer for that kind of emotional daily bread. But I've got to take you back to November of, of 2017. And you've got to take an Uber ride with me to get the rest of the story. Um, I, I was working as a, a trainer for a ministry uh, called the College of Prayer. And I was uh, side hustling Uber uh, to, to pay some bills. And it was a Tuesday, and I had just picked up uh, a, a person uh, who got in my car and began speaking to me in an English accent. And I didn't think much of it until the same thing happened three days in a row. And on the Thursday installment of riding around Pittsburgh with the Brits, um, I, I pick up this young man and, and 
our our trip is from downtown to the airport. So I had quite a, a bit of extended time. And as we drove, he talked to me about his father's struggling ministry in Europe and the need for revival in, in the churches of, of England. And as he got out of the car, I thought to myself, well, the ministry that I'm a part of directly uh, addresses uh, this conversation. And I said, Lord, I, I have a sense that maybe there's a prayer assignment in this. Am I, am I right? And uh, I, I was fairly confident that was the case. And so I went on and I, I spent some time in prayer. But that was Thursday, and now it's Saturday morning. Uh, I had not shared this with anybody in my family, but Luann and I were making coffee that morning, and something happened in that moment that has really only happened one other time in our married life where God gave such direct insight or, or revelation that it was undeniable uh, what he he might be doing. And so she looks at me and over a cup of coffee, she says, what's going on with London? And I'm like, what? I'm, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I don't know how God put that question in you, but obviously uh, he's putting you right in the center of what he's doing. And um, what I, what I wanted to say uh, to her was, what is in this coffee? Uh, I remember thinking, you know, what, what were these like beans roasted in the fire of God's manifest presence? I mean, I, it, it was like just one of those moments. And, and I, I didn't uh, have any, anything uh, to, to say right off that I, um, you know, of, of, I, she su- caught me by such surprise. I, I think uh, in answer to her question, I said something like, I don't know, you know, I think Brexit's going on in in, uh, England right now. But uh, I I then unpacked the story with her. And she said, I think we need to be praying uh, for the College of Prayer regarding opportunity in, in London. And I said, I think you're right. And just then, uh, from the other room where uh, our daughter Maddie was watching, by chance, uh, English Premier League soccer, um, she, she hollers over, are we going to London? I said, I don't know, but why don't you come in here and let's, let's pray for London. So she came in, and as a family, we, we prayed. And from uh, that was in November. So from November to February, we prayed fairly consistently, I, I, certainly a handful of times for the work of the College of Prayer in London. Well, in February of that year, uh, actually the next year, and so it's now 2018, uh, I was going to Atlanta to attend uh, an annual event that the College of Prayer puts on, and it's made up of leaders from all around the world. And as I walked into this event in progress, I I come into a meeting that is already happening. I, I walk into the part of the meeting where they're they're praying, and the first thing I hear from the the president of the ministry on the uh, I believe it was the left side of the room. I hear him say, Lord, give us London. 
first words. I'm like, huh, okay. I looked on the right side of the room, and there were two uh, Spanish missionaries who I knew through uh, the ministry, and I knew them to have connections in in London. And so at the end of the meeting, I walked up to them, and I I said, hey, for what it's worth, I, I wonder if now might be the time for London to, you know, tap those contacts and see if if maybe uh, we ought to launch uh, some ministry there. And they looked at me with big eyes and and they said, um, it's funny you should say that. We just used those exact words when we were talking to the, the president prior to the start of this meeting, we said, now, we, we believe now is the time for London. And so in July of, of that year, uh, they launched uh, some ministry in London for, on behalf of the College of Prayer. And I, I tell that story now all, all over the world as I, I train with the College of Prayer as an example of hearing God in prayer. Because as they, as they share, you know, as, as I was interacting with them, I said, hey, just keep us in the loop on this and, and we're praying for you. And in, if we can serve you in any way, just let us know. So Maddie often hears me tell that story. Uh, she's probably heard that illustration, I don't know, 20 times. And um, we... we were, and let me tell you now how this all applies to praying for, for daily bread. And, and let me try to stick the landing on this, this Uber ride, okay? About a year ago, uh, Luann and Maddie and I took a trip to Spain uh, to discern whether or not we definitely were, were going to go there. And we, we went to visit the work uh, that we would be participating in. We wanted to catch some vision. We wanted to see the people and interact with them. And uh, some of what we'll be doing there, well, the three main things we would be doing there if we were to take this assignment would be uh, to mentor next generation leaders inside of uh, a church planting network, to uh, train uh, Uh, people in prayer uh, through the College of Prayer across Europe. And the third piece would be to pastor uh, an existing group of Londoners who live in Alicante, Spain. So, knowing those are the the three things we're we're there to do, um, Maddie says to me, after I'm, I'm doing a training on hearing God in prayer. She says to me, Dad, for some time now, you've been asking for a Macedonian call, like a a bold, in-your-face answer to, are are we supposed to be going to Spain? And she says, don't you think that story that you keep telling is your answer? She said, doesn't that London thing keep jumping out at you? You know, People from London in your car and the College of Prayer in London and this congregation in Spain full of Londoners. And quite honestly, I had not drawn the the connection. Uh, You know, I've told this illustration so many times. This illustration had a box. You know, it it was a box for this lesson uh, when I'm teaching. 
And my daughter calls me out on it. She's like, duh. And before she even got it out, I mean, I, I was like cut. I was like, I think you're right. And then, you know, just God's overwhelming love just kind of poured into that moment. And I realized he had me in his crosshairs and he used my daughter to, to hit the bullseye and, and minister to the need that I had in my heart for, like, God's affirmation on this. So... He answers the, the prayer in a dr- dramatic way. My, my family's at the center of it. And I tell my colleague and, and partner in ministry in Spain, who I'll be working with, I, I tell him the whole story over the arc of, of time. And he was one of the two Spanish missionaries in, in the church in Atlanta that we, that we spoke to. Uh, and as I kind of gave the arc of the story and, and let him in on all of it, he looked at me and he said, he said, I wasn't going to say anything to you. He said, because you, you needed to hear from God and not from me. But the whole reason I, I called you in 2020 and asked you was because of this very story. And so he, he puts the cherry on top. He affirm, affirms the whole Uber ride. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking like, wow. I mean, boom. That is emotional daily bread right there. And um, I, I just remember thinking, you know, this, this is like manna from heaven from the great physician for, for the need of, of, of my uh, heart and mind. So, what, what, a, what a good gift from our Father. Uh, you know, when, when God provides daily bread, He doesn't just meet our physical needs. He doesn't just give us stuff or, or put uh, provision in our pocket. He, he meets us totally in aspects of our life where we have need. So, so that's holistic provision. Now, let me draw attention to another point. Our bread isn't just bread, it's, it's daily bread. It's, it's not just provision, it's daily provision. I, I think God teaches us to, to th- uh, think this way and pray this way, in, in a sense, to, to guard our hearts against greed and, and discontent. Um, because when, when we focus on daily bread, what, what Jesus has us doing, or what he's doing, is he, he's teaching us that we're not to ask for, for more than we need. He says ask for daily bread. He, he's not teaching us to, to feed the excesses of our, our self-indulgent nature. He's, he's teaching us to ask for that moment-by-moment provision that reminds us that he's the provider and and we're in with him day by day. You know, we often uh, overestimate our physical needs, our our material needs, and we underestimate our spiritual needs. Uh, Sometimes we we focus on earthly gain uh, to the neglect of, of spiritual progress. 
And I, I just want to tell you, one week after I made uh, the commitment to, to go to Spain, I, I got on the phone, I, I called uh, my partner Juan, and I said, we're, we're coming, barring, you know, one of us dies or, you know, something bad happens to us, we're, we're coming, you know. I had a, a friend visit me from New York City. He's a, a pastor in Manhattan, and he's got a growing, uh, thriving uh, ministry there to uh, kind of young uh, millennials. And he came to my house, we, we broke bread, we, we had a great couple of days together, and he, he caps the time off by making me a job offer um, for my dream job. Uh, he, he said, hey, I want you to come and lead my prayer ministry. That's all you'll do. Just be my, my prayer ministry leader in New York. Do it in the church. And I've got a, 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 a nonprofit that will also allow us to kind of do it co- community-wide. Just come and lead that. Would you come and do that? And he said, by the way, um, I'm, I'm going to offer you a real New York City salary. And I said, what is it? <laughs> And he gave me the number, and I thought, you, you know, really? And um, it, was, it was more money than I, I would have ever uh, seen in, in ministry. And I remember thinking, Lord, are you sure you're calling me to Spain? <laughs> uh, but, but, you know, the, uh, the, the financial alternative to getting paid in New York City is is raising support in the uh, depressed river towns of western Pennsylvania. <laughs> uh, but, but, you know, it, it's just like the Lord. Um, it's, it sounds like him. You know, not, not that um, there aren't times and places to, to make other good decisions, but this is the kind of stuff that the Lord often does, and uh, we just sense him right in the middle of it. Um, and, and, you know, the key to contentment isn't having your dream job or having more stuff. But, but it's really in learning to treasure daily bread. And, and maybe more specifically, that daily intimacy we, we have when we see that moment-by-moment moment provision that, that the Father provides. And I think it was Jesus who, who said... Um, my food is to do the will of the one who sent me. And so, you know, in considering all that, I was like, yeah, you, you've got us right, right on, on Mark. And so here we go. Um, but let me, let me bring this message in for a landing. The last point I want to make is that when we, we pray for daily bread, Jesus teaches us, give us this day our daily bread. Now, why does he do that? This is the last point. It's a point about mutual provision. I think he gives us this because he wants us to to see our interconnectedness with each other. Uh, he, He wants us to know that life with him is not about lone rangering. It's about being a part of a family on mission. That's why... He says, our bread and us. And uh, what he's doing is he's, he's helping us to identify ourselves uh, as belonging to each other in the body of Christ. 
there's, uh, <laughs> there's no such thing as going it alone, whether you want to or not. Uh, God, I think the scriptures say he puts the lonely in families. Uh, many of you have a sense of being put where you're at. And uh, Jesus has design for that. So we pray for our bread. And part of the reason Joel invited me to, to come here this morning is that we have an opportunity to partner with you as um, just a, 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 a part of your family on, on mission. Uh, and, and, you know, the, the partnership, uh, I know if you've been here long, you've heard about these kinds of partnerships. You've heard uh, international workers come in and, and share their, their vision and their story. But it, it's a partnership that we, uh, we mutually benefit each other in, in different ways. Um, we, we partner in local ministry. Uh, and kind of what that means is some of you uh, at maybe some future time would bring a small group from the the church and come and visit us in Spain maybe to do some prayer training and um that's that's what it means to be partnered in in local mission um we partner in prayer i want to pray for you today uh as i invite you to pray for us uh, and i i'm asking this probably more than i'm asking anything else Pray for us. Please don't forget to pray for us. We need your prayer uh, on so many levels, uh, not the least of which is, you know, getting to Spain. Um, we're not getting to Spain in, until we have our, our support raised, and we need your prayer support uh, as we engage in, in this part of our, our mission. And then finally, um, we, we want to ask that you consider partnering with us financially. So with those three kinds of, of partnership in mind, um, I just want to kind of end this morning by saying uh, the Eaton family has been partnered with you here in Aliquippa in one of those ways or another for a long time. Uh, I, I believe with my, my daughter serving in the children's ministry here, that makes uh, three generations uh, here in, in this local church. And so uh, we're invested. Uh, we're, we're part of this. Uh, we've, we've served it in, in many different ways. And um, we're, we're still part of the family on mission. And, and we're asking you uh, to, to jump in with us as you consider those various ways of partnering. And, and how I want to ask you to consider this, how I want to end this morning, is simply by asking you to take this matter of partnership before the Lord. John, if you'd come up and play. So as you take this matter of, of partnership before the Lord... Partnering in, in short-term mission with the Eatons in Spain, in praying for the Eatons, in, in uh, uh, financially investing in, in our mission, knowing that this is mutual, folks. We, we're not only asking you to pray for us, we, we want to commit to pray for you. We want to be good partners. Uh, when we're home, we, we want to roll our sleeves up and, and you know, get on mission here. Uh, we're part of a missional community doing that right now. Um, so, as you take this before the Father and ask Him, uh, you know, Lord, how, how do we...
consider this. I, I just want to ask you to follow his lead. However he speaks to you, however he leads you, just follow his lead. And I want to follow his lead this morning by, by praying with you. But can I, can I ask you something? And John, can I, can I uh, take this moment? Okay. Yeah. So, so maybe in anticipation of what, what John's going to do, can, can I ask for a family moment here? Uh, can, can I ask you to come on up here on the, uh, the living room rug? And we just need a coffee table. Just come, come join me. Um, I want to pray for this family, and I want to invite prayer for our family. I do love the uh, the um, coffee table rug here. Father, I, I do thank you for this family on mission. And I thank you for a lot of uh, years, uh, well over a hundred now, um, that they have been about your mission here, there, and everywhere. Um, Lord, I, I think about um, the beginnings of this family uh, in a little tar paper uh, building um, just over the hill and uh, the, the launch of, of this church as it would um, pray for people who were leaving the, the steel mills on their way to the, the bar and uh, just ministering to, uh, to hurting folks uh, right here in this neighborhood. Uh, Lord, I thank you for the heart uh, that this church has always had for its, its neighborhood. Uh, I thank you for the revival of that, uh, that heart in, in recent times. And Lord, I, I thank you that uh, this family has always had its eye toward the nations. Uh, Lord, I, I think about some of the, the periods of, of life in this family where uh, people were, were constantly going out into uh, international fields, into Africa, and into um, Brazil, and, and uh, Portugal, and, and just so many different places. Lord, uh, whatever time you give uh, this expression of your family, I, I pray that it will always be on mission here, there, and everywhere, in the neighborhoods and in the nations. Uh, I, I pray that that heartbeat will always uh, pulse in this congregation. Uh, Lord, I even uh, pray that you would speak uh, clearly uh, to those who uh, are to go into the various neighborhoods and the nations. Make it plain, Lord. Um, give those Macedonian calls. Speak specifically. Uh, and, and Lord, thank you when you do that, that it's an affirmation of, of your love for us. It's a, a reminder of our place at the table in your, in your house. You include us. Um, you don't only give to us, you, you make us part of the whole operation. And it's, it's really to um, show what kind of family you're all about. So, Lord, stamp 
your family uh, image here. Lord, I think of um, expressions of that. I think of Gao and, and her ministry, Poppy and Loom, as she uh, mobilizes um, uh, young folks from the neighborhood to catch an eye for the nations. Uh, Lord, I think of China, who I met a couple of weeks ago down on Franklin Avenue, who has been a, a, a fruit of that. Uh, Lord, we just ask that you would continue to seed and bear fruit in, in those ways. And Lord, uh, thank you that um, you have always met uh, the the needs of this congregation uh, in in so many different ways. Um, thank you that it's it's not only about doing stuff for you, but it is about the stuff we need, uh, both in our pocket and uh, in our hearts. So, Lord, would you meet us today at the place of our need? In Jesus' name. <laughs>